0: Now back into the show.
1: There's so many different ways to get into the stock market. There's Robinhood. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's all these different apps, uh, Acorns and stuff like that. You could buy fractional shares of this, fractional shares of that. For the most part, people are invested in, in the stock market whether it be there through their 401k you know but that is the traditional way of doing things moving a little bit of your portfolio into a real estate syndication gives you the diversification but it also gives you some upside of not only when these properties sell, you could get maybe a lump sum, but you get cash in your pocket on a monthly or quarterly basis. That's real. You have to, to recognize gains in the stock market. You have to sell stock. There's capital gains, stuff like that. But to get money into your bank account on a monthly or quarterly basis, you can use that for tuition. You could use that for groceries. You could use that for your vacation fund, but that's real money in your pocket.
0: Today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Greg Lyons. Now, Greg started CitySide Capital with his brother, Tim, in March of 2020. As a licensed capital raiser, Greg partners with established multifamily and self-storage operators throughout the United States to generate passive income for his investors. Greg is no stranger to the real estate space, and before starting CitySide Capital, he was a project manager for a real estate development firm in Boise, Idaho, where he helped develop a 77-unit condominium project, and Greg is a recovering basketball coach after spending six He's coaching two different schools and now he's fully invested in the real estate world. I want to share and welcome him to the show, but enough of me. Let's get him out of here. G'day, Greg. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today,
1: mate? I'm doing great, Reid. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, uh, well said on the introduction and, um, you know, happy to be in the real estate game and uh, really happy to be meeting different people like yourself because the multifamily space is a very inclusive space and people just want to see each other do well. And that's been that's been such a welcoming part of this uh, multifamily journey for us.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Well, mate, I want to get into your story. So before
1: we do, can you uh, rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid? I would have to say lemonade stand. I would say a haphazard arrangement of chairs and tables, maybe a poster, uh, but we were probably charging five cents at the time back in the uh, early 80s for some not very good lemonade. So uh, you factor that all in and I think we may have made a dollar uh, back in the early 80s. That's awesome. And so walk us through your journey into the real
0: estate space. I mentioned earlier, you were a basketball coach. So tell us about your upbringing with money and how you got into the entrepreneurial field.
1: My family grew up in uh, Long Island, New York, and we were we were middle class all the way. And um, really, it was uh, the same old story that a lot of entrepreneurs kind of were on. It was uh, go to school, get good grades, go to school, find a job, save, 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 and enjoy retirement at sixty five. And you know, I was kind of on that on that path. I was uh, lucky enough to go to the University of Virginia where I played basketball. And when I say play basketball, that means I had a uniform. I didn't really play that much, but that's okay. University of Virginia was fantastic. But after that, like you said, I I went into college basketball coaching. I wanted to be the next uh, John Calipari. I wanted to win a national championship, but it was a tough space and it was a grind on the family. And we had our first child when I was coaching at American University in D.C., and I had to make a life decision, and getting out of coaching was tough. But I haven't, I haven't looked back one day and said that was a bad decision because I have two wonderful kids and a, and a wonderful wife right now. We live in Charlottesville, Virginia, but I'll always miss uh, the opportunity to win a national championship, but I'll never miss the time I've had with my kids.
0: That's 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 incredible. And what was that point where you made the decision to leave? The coaching, the W two space, and try and go down this entrepreneurial path.
1: Well, it was it was when we had our first child. My son Connor was born in um, 2007, and that just changed everything for me. So, getting out of coaching, we transitioned to Boise, Idaho, which the natural move is not usually DC to Boise. <laughs> Well, you know, we did it nonetheless, but I was able to join forces with my uh, brother-in-law and my father-in-law. And my father-in-law is probably one of the smartest people I've ever been around, uh, Steve Hosack. And he brought me into his firm and we worked on a 77 unit condo project because in in the 2000s, one of the great ways to make money was building condos and we were we were smart about it quote unquote smart about it. We built in two phases. we sold out the first phase pretty much, and we started building the second phase of our development right around the end of two thousand and seven. So going into two thousand and eight, the timing just was not on our side. so I learned a ton about uh, the real estate industry, how to climb out of adversity. And I learned a ton from uh, Steve and Ken Hosack that has kind of really helped me through my through my real estate journey that I'm on now.
0: And bridge the gap, what did you do? Did you stay in Boise for a long period of time? Because that was 2007,
1: 2008. What were you doing yeah. in the interim? Did you come back to the DC area? Yeah, 2010, we moved to Charlottesville, Virginia and kind of set up shop here with two young kids. And my wife is a wonderful real estate agent in the Charlottesville area, Lisa Alliance. And we, I moved into uh, real estate development for a health and fitness company that has uh, twelve locations in three states. I was also fortunate enough to uh, get some partners together and we built three trampoline parks oh, wow. in the state of Virginia jump trampoline park which is just an outstanding way to not only learn real estate but learn to start up a business and so that was that's some really really great um, times building businesses and and you know kind of expanding the, the gym footprint from a real estate perspective but you know right around the pandemic um, probably 20 March to. 2020, uh, my brother and I, Tim Lyons, who's a lieutenant in the FDNY, he's a firefighter in New York City. We decided to join forces and say, hey, how do we get into this multifamily world? Because multifamily, as we were studying the, the real estate industry, multifamily just kept coming up to us as, hey, we really need to get involved in this. So we, we took the leap and we started getting involved. All right. That's awesome that's awesome and then what are you what's your
0: involvement today? I know in the in the introduction I mentioned you're raising capital you're a licensed capital raiser. so talk to me a little bit about that and how why you decided to go down the path of being a, a licensed capital raiser and not maybe say an operator
1: yeah there's so many different ways to make money in real estate, and we decided that just kind of where our lifestyle was with our uh, with Tim being a firefighter, young kids, you know I have a couple of kids. Being an operator uh, just wasn't in the cards for us at this point. So as we kept networking in the real estate industry, in the multifamily world, people needed help raising funds. You know, people have wonderful deals. Some people have great deal flow. Other people, you know, do not. But inevitably, people need money to close their deals, to renovate their deals. So we kind of found our niche saying, okay, we get that. How can we be a solution to your capital problem? We went out and uh, joined a broker dealer, and we, uh, we we're licensed through FINRA and the SEC. And what we do is we just raise money for established operators. And there's there's some positives and uh, some negatives to becoming a licensed capital raiser. The negative is all the uh, all the testing and the all the fees you have to pay. But really, for our investors, there's an added layer of security, meaning our broker-dealer just doesn't throw out deals in multifamily and self-storage. There's a third-party uh, underwriter. There's a third-party legal check. Our broker-dealer goes to each and every project that we raise money for. It goes through every unit, does a market study. So there's that extra layer of protection and thoughtfulness that we have that we can pass along to our investors that say, Hey, we're not just taking the operator's word for it. You're not just taking my word for it, but we have professionals looking at each and every deal that we're raising money for.
0: That's awesome. And, and I, I know the gentleman who you're speaking of the, the uh, is it capital one investment uh, phase, 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 phase one financial phase one, and I De- Desmond and Dave, great, great guys. Uh, Absolutely. I've, I've used them personally on my deals. Uh, you've probably been involved somehow um, mm-hmm. through, through osmosis. Really, really, really awesome stuff. Talk to me in that space of, of how to get accredited because I think a lot of people don't, they want to raise money. There's been a bit of turbulence in the, in the SEC world over the last probably two or three years. What, what, what is it that you learned coming out of your training and decided to go down
1: the broker-dealer route? Well, more than anything, Tim and I at CitySide Capital, we want to sleep well at night. Right. And, and that means getting the licenses and joining a broker dealer. We felt good about, hey, we, we're above board on our capital raising duties. And a lot of people raise money for multifamily self-storage deals. And it is it's actually illegal just to raise money and not Participate in the general partnership, so we didn't want any part of. We didn't want it to be in a gray area, really. Uh, we wanted to be kind of above board with the whole thing, and we knew we weren't operators at this point, And capital raising was our thing, so going down the licensing route again with all that third party infrastructure in place, we really thought it was a good place to bring our investors along.
0: That's awesome. And, and talk to me about how you built out that investor database having the FINRA and the SEC securities license behind you and going out and starting CitySide Capital?
1: You know, the, the best thing you can do when you're raising capital is tell people what you do. First and foremost, when you're talking real estate, people want to talk to you at a cocktail party, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, you're not selling insurance, you're not you know selling encyclopedias, you know, stuff like that everyone thinks they're a real estate investor but most people are the daydream real estate investor they hit Zillow they hit, they hit uh, realtor.com see how much their house is worth see if they could buy their neighbor's house and really become moguls but you know taking that extra step, and kind of bringing the daydream investor along on a journey of education. That's really what CitySide Capital is all about. And we're saying, hey, real estate syndication is a real thing. It's a tangible thing that you can get involved with. It's not just some secret, you know, society that that some people do. It's the education piece to say, hey, this may not be your whole portfolio, but make this make this real estate syndication a part of your portfolio just for diversification outside of the stock market, bonds, or whatever else you invest in?
0: You know, it's so important to have a diversification and being myself involved in the space since 2014, it's I've seen it evolve so much and, and really... The impetus of that was the Jobs Act changing in 2012, where you know we can people can go out and start soliciting uh, regular investors for investments into securities. And I'm sure you know probably a lot more about the the actual wording and the regu- regulations. But from a high level point of view, the SEC did change their laws for the Jobs Act, and that caused a lot of people to open up their eyes about the possibility Mm -hmm. of investing directly into these real estate deals that historically weren't available to the average Joe, right? So you're really acting as a conduit between the average Joe investor, the average mom and pop who wants to invest in real estate like they invest in the stock market um, and get the same returns. Because historically, it's been a bit of an old boys club where the, you know these these bigger real estate transactions have gone down where you only got to be on the inside to understand what goes
1: on, right? Yeah. you know, We've absolutely taken the veil off of it and made it available. There's so many different ways to get into the stock market. There's Robinhood. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's all these different apps, uh, Acorns and stuff like that. You could buy fractional shares of this, fractional shares of that. For the most part, people are invested in the stock market, whether it be their, through their 401k, you know, but that is the traditional way of doing things. Moving a little bit of your portfolio into a real estate syndication gives you the diversification. But it also gives you some upside of not only when these properties sell, you could get maybe a lump sum, but you get cash in your pocket on a monthly or quarterly basis. That's real. You have to, to recognize gains in the stock market. You have to sell stock. There's capital gains, stuff like that. But to get money into your bank account on a monthly or quarterly basis, you can use that for tuition. You could use that for groceries. You could use that for your vacation fund. But that's real money in your pocket. And I think that is such an important thing that that people don't understand. Because a lot of times, 20 years ago, they know a guy that got into a deal and they got screwed out of this, that. It's not like that anymore. And um, the real estate syndications are a wonderful part of people's portfolio.
0: That's exactly right. No. Talk to me about how you are going about building out the business day. Are you doing any sort of outreach marketing to, to investors? Are you allowed to do that? Are you, you know, doing online Facebook ads? How are you growing your database to you know, educate people about what you do? Because I'm sure people like myself, when I went through a transition out of a, a W2 job into this world of capital raising and, and, and doing deals, you've got to tell them a few times, right? So mm-hmm. how have you gone about, how are you and your brother gone about re-educating the, your friends, your family to increase the awareness of what you're doing um, in and around education and in and around marketing online.
1: Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't really call us a, a city side capital, a capital raising company. We're more of an education company and um, kind of taking people, it's taken some people a year, a year and a half of seeing our stuff and seeing our blog posts to to really get comfortable with what we were doing. So it's 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 organic like that. You're getting people on our mailing list, talking to people. But we also started the Passive Income Brothers podcast. We started that in December of uh, last year. And that has been another great way to kind of blast out the message. And we have guests on. Uh, one day we'll have uh, a podcast investing in the USA uh, that 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 mirrors the success that you've had, but uh, but not just yet. So it's um the podcast. It's telling people what you do, and more than anything, we've helped you know a lot of investors get into I think eleven deals by ten or eleven deals. That's great people are getting real returns. And, you know, that makes raving fans out of our current investors, right? Yep. So they tell the next person, hey, you need to talk to Tim and Greg. And a lot of times that's a, that's a phone call, introducing people to what we do, putting them on our mailing list. And then it's that education journey that people have to go on to get comfortable with the process.
0: That's, no, that's exactly right. And, and, and the word of mouth is so important. And I, Even I've seen in my portfolio, I've actually just come right now, six or seven years into it, I've started to now cycle deals. And that's so important to show investors, hey, you invested in my deal as an operator. What has been the impetus of asking people for that capital? It's trust, right? They mm-hmm. trust you. They, they, they know that you and your brother are trustworthy and they they can then go and invest. In you like when I asked for capital in the beginning, I remember that first, my first deal I ever lead syndicated, I sold last week and we made people like a 1.9x on their money. It was it was fantastic. Over four I saw I, that. Yeah. Congratulations.
1: Congratulations. Thank you. That Thank is you. fantastic. Thank you.
0: But but what, what I'm going, where I'm going with that is some of the lessons learned along the way, like you're learning as well as you're building out your business is that trust, right? And trust hmm. comes from, Doing what you say you're going to do, returning people's money, whether it be through pref returns or cash flow, and you know, hopefully you guys are going to get to some big exits, and you can, you know, hey, here's your money back, investor. I, I, I was a secure, I was a really good steward of your money. Do you want to roll it over again? Right. And that's the beauty of this business is that you can keep um, rolling these 1031 exchanges into bigger and bigger money, making people more and more wealth. At the average investor. Probably just didn't have access to in the beginning. So I think it's an incredibly awesome space to be, and you can obviously t- tell that I'm
1: jazzed about it. But I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, you know, it's the no like and trust factor. Right. And um, you know, Tim and I are are nothing special. We were not born with a silver spoon in our mouth. And you know, you could liken us to average Joes, but we're we're taking action. And that's the biggest part of you know people are scared about they haven't done this before mm-hmm. so when, when they when they finally have that no like and trust and they take action, get into a deal, kind of see how it's going that that's really where the magic is yep that's that, that's exactly right. Um, what are your plans for twenty
0: twenty two and beyond what do you want to grow this business to? Where I know I met your brother in person at the IIREC event two weeks ago in Manhattan Beach, Hunter Thompson's event, incredible event, mm-hmm. intelligent investor real estate conference. Highly recommend people get to the 2023 version. But was meeting your brother, I was chatting to him about it. Where do you see yourselves going in, say, five years' time?
1: You know that that's a great question. We are having such a good time talking to people about what we're doing. It's been an incredible journey, but it but it's only been about 18 20 months, which we can't believe because we we've we've kind of cultivated a um, a great investor list. I think people are having good experiences. But for 2022, we are uh, we're actually doing our first 1031 exchange from from someone outside. Of wow. uh, we're not rolling money over. We are we're working with a ten thirty one person right now, and uh, and that's been a learning process. But what we're doing is we're leveraging other people's expertise. Uh, you met you mentioned uh, Desmond uh, West and Dave Thompson. Leverage, leveraging their expertise to find solutions for people is really what we're looking to do in 2022 finding solutions for people 1031 hey i just had an exit out of another deal i was in i just got a big bonus at work we're looking to provide solutions and i think if we keep stacking more and more solutions together in 22 I think we're gonna have some success. Where it goes after that, I don't know. You know, do we have big dreams? Of course we do. But right now, I think if we just keep helping the individual investor, I think it's just gonna start building on itself. For those of you who are interested in staying up to date with all the
0: latest happenings in my business, or to learn more about passively investing directly into my multifamily value add deals, then head over to reedgoosens.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter. By signing up, you'll automatically be notified about my new up and coming investment opportunities. You'll be able to stay up to date with all the latest real estate news here in the United States and much, much more. So head over to reedgoosens.com and sign up today. Now back into the show. I, I honestly love that because I'm very much a person who I like to look into the future, mm-hmm. but I know from my journey, like 10 years ago, I moved to this country as an expat. Didn't even have a plan to invest in real estate. And now I have you know, built a company of over $650 million. And I don't say that to boast, I say it to show an example of someone exactly what you're saying, Greg, is that you're, you're focusing on the next two or three steps. You're not focusing too much on the target or the goal. And I think that's really important because in 10 years time, you're going to look back on this day and say, I remember being on the podcast with Reed and we're just talking about trying to help that first person get that, that 1031 or that bonus in into the real estate market and working for them. And eventually looking back in 10 years time, you're going to be like, wow, we've come a long, long way. And, and I just, I wanted to pause there on that particular note because it's so important for people when they're building businesses to really understand what are those next two or three steps? Yes. you are got to know, understand where you, the North star is, but not but really being defined on what those next two or three steps are in the next six to 12 months is super critical and focusing on that being hyper-focused and then executing on the next two or three steps for 2023. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, Reed, the success you've had is because you took action, right? Decisive action. And action is not this big, massive thing you're doing every, every day. It's the small steps. Right. It's the baby steps. Yes. And yes. you just keep stacking those. It's, um, you know, we tell a lot of investors, you know, we talk to people that have a couple bucks and it's like, hey, you don't have to make a million dollar investment. right? Right. We like to tell people, Hey, what, what if you made a $50,000 investment once a year and did that for five years in, in five years time, you'd have a quarter million dollars invested and you just keep turning that over for the rest of your life. Right and and the cash flow and the and the exits that you're going to have are going to are going to be fantastic, but you make that commitment to fifty thousand dollars a year, right? That's right. my goal. Right. Do it for five years, and then you just let real estate and time do its thing.
0: That's exactly right. No, I, I I completely agree, and a lot of people don't talk enough about that. Exactly what you say there. Setting the goals for the investor to think, oh, I can only get involved in real estate if I have a million dollars or I have a half a million dollars. That's the beauty of syndication. That's the beauty of what the JOBS Act allowed, what you are doing right now, how you got licensed. It's all, it's all in and around this, that, that the spark of, from that 2012 uh, change in the legislation to help the average investor invest $25,000 or $50,000 mm-hmm. and do it consistently over time. And the compounding effect of that will grow it into a very impre- impressive nest egg. And again, taking the same steps and adages that you go and invest in the stock market, but applying it to real estate investing. So so absolutely love that stuff. And I no doubt that you guys are going to be super successful because you are down to earth. I met your brother. We only just met today, but it seems that you both have a genuine um, sense of coming to wanting to help people. And that's Mm. really, really important first and foremost. I do want to pivot a little bit to talking about, you mentioned that in in the green room, if you want to talk about it, cancer survivor it's a big thing that a lot of people don't talk about i've talked a lot about on this show my mum passing away a couple of years ago in 2017 and how that was a really really grounding effect for me in this journey to building stuff and it's and it's going to relate back to how you're building your company with your brother right i also lost my sister when i was 12 years old to cancer so i'm i'm very very you know aware of cancer as a whole so you can tell me to shut up, and we don't have to talk about it at all, or, or we can we can we can dive into it and, and 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 unravel what these you know vulnerabilities help us create clarity in our life in order to go on out and pursue things that mean the most to us.
1: Yeah, that's well put. It's um, it's going to be 26 years in July, well, on wow. July 17th. Um, wow. It's going to be 26 years since I was diagnosed with cario which was basically a big grapefruit sized tumor uh, knocking my stomach and my uh, spine out of place. So I had back pain and I wasn't eating. So I was losing weight and the um, the cancer spread all over my lungs, wrapped around my aorta valve. Whoa. It was on all of my organs, but it didn't go into any of my organs. So that was the lucky part. Right. And, you know, chemotherapy 25 years ago uh, is not what it is today. It was it was a little bit rough. But, you know, you take the positives out of a lot of this stuff. And I had a wonderful support system. Um, uh, My mom, dad, brother, uh, Brendan, brother, Tim. And um you know great friends willie dersh um, uh, Wall Street maven now, but we I had a great support system it 's been able to give me some perspective over life mm-hmm. i uh, I wake my kids up every day and I tell them it 's a great day to be a lions, and I do mean <laughs> that because you know it, you know not every day is guaranteed, but it, it, and i had it I had cancer at such a great time it was it was in July right after my Senior year in high school, so I missed a year but it, yeah it, it took me a year to go to college but But that was fine, and it just gave me such a wonderful perspective of nothing's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. take action when it 's right in front of you, and just enjoy every single day so being on this podcast, talking to the your millions of listeners this is this is all. This is all additive to me. This is just so much fun, and why not do real estate where I have a passion for it, helping people, and you know, stacking wins on top of each other. Man, that was sending shivers down
0: my spine. That was. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I could only imagine at such a ripe young age going into manhood and, and leaving high school, going into college. You know, wanting to have that. Be the the coming of age sort of you know what, what most Americans think and most you know most people in the Western world go to university. For at least for me, it was very coming of age. I was turning mm-hmm. seventeen, going on to eighteen. I could only imagine at the time the, how it would have rocked you and your family um, to 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 experience that and 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 the carcinoma. I'm, I'm very familiar about that that strain mm-hmm. of of cancer. Um, my mother had uterus uterus cancer that was also a carcinoma. So very very aware. And thank you. Thank you very much for sharing. I really appreciate that uh, opening that vulnerability up. I, 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 echo everything you're saying, you know, being, being grateful, being present, understanding what your why is. And, and, and mm-hmm. I think you, you said you just, <laughs> even your attitude towards cancer, you're like, I got it at a good age. Like, I was like, that's something really positive to say. Like you're taking the positives out of that because it helped you set your life up to what it is today. So yeah, you, um,
1: yeah hey, things happen for a reason. And it's not always positive and there were tough days and, um, you know, it's still hard to talk about, sure. but I can imagine. it and is, thank you. um, yeah, yeah, no, but it's just, it, you know, it's every, everyone goes through something, right. If it was smooth sailing, you know, it, 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 anyone could do it. Life right? Life would be easy, right? Like <laughs> Life would be easy, but it, but it's not, but it, it's what you do with those setbacks and, um, and, and things in your life that happen. And, and what do you make out of it? Mm. And, uh, I say it was, it was good to get it when I was 18 because my body was able to take it. It was able to take the chemo and it was able to recover a little bit better than, you know, than I am now at 43. And I'm I'm not sure how Mm. the body would react to, to something different. So it was, it was a, it was a huge part of my life, huge, huge part of my family and friends' life. And um, it's something that's with me, and something that I I use to propel myself forward every day.
0: And and you know just just to round out the conversation, it's I assume it's non-genetic, uh, right? It's one of those weird freak cancers that you just find out and you've got it, and then got to go de- got to go deal with it. It was the first time I won the lottery, and only time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, look, thank you so much for sharing that and being vulnerable. I, I just. I like to get those stories out on these podcasts. One because it's personal to me as well. I've had it very mm-hmm. close to my family, um, but also how it just reconnects uh, you with what your again, what your why is, why you're on this journey, and also how you take risks. I think there's a little bit of like you've been so close to to death and and and, and facing these challenges early on that you as a person will have a different risk appetite. Not that it's a bad thing. People think of risk appetite as bad things, but you're going to go out and give it a crack, right? Give it a go. And I think that is so important. What I what I stand for, you know, my whole motto on this show is be bold, be brave, go give life a crack. Like Mm -hmm. we're here being put on this earth to, to, to enjoy it and not, you know, you mentioned earlier, not just get into a job and retire at 65 and then start living life. And so you want to be there for your kids. You want to be able to enjoy your time. You want to be able to go on holidays and do whatever makes you you tick. Mm -hmm. So Thank you again so much for, for sharing that with us. Um, at the end of every show, we like to dive into the top five investing tips. You don't know what those investing tips are going to be. There's five questions lightning round that I'm going to ask you. Are you ready to get into it, Greg? Let's do it. Mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals?
1: I try to work out and move my body every single day. Some days that's, that's as little as a couple push-ups or a walk in the neighborhood, but I try to move my body every single day. It's a move or lose it situation.
0: That's awesome. And I'm sure that comes from... Your, oh, absolutely! Your, your time uh, battling cancer, so I, mm-hmm. I could only imagine. And I'm sure you're eating very healthy, right, as well. Like you, eat. Uh,
1: you know, that's a little bit more of a roller coaster, <laughs> and uh, you know that'd be a whole nother podcast. But uh, I try to, I try to do the that's right awesome. thing. That's awesome. Uh,
0: question number two is: Who's been the most influential person in your career to date?
1: Wow, you know, um, you know, a couple of people that uh, I don't even know, Robert Kiyosaki, for mm-hmm. writing Rich Dad Poor Dad. Jim Rohn, just for um, just for his mindset and 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 changing my, my mindset to want this multifamily journey even more. He's he's had an incredible um, effect on my um, both my brother and myself and our mindset. The uh, the Jake and Gino community, Gino Barbro, yeah, has yeah, yeah, yeah. been wonderful to us. And, you know, has, has taught us so much about the industry and um, has been able to establish, uh, you know, a network for us, which has been fantastic.
0: I, I know Jake and Gino very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they're good guys. They're really good guys at heart. Absolutely. So, so, so awesome. A big Big thanks there. There's a lot of people there that you, you've pulled inspiration from, but I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Um, question number three is, what is the most influential tool in your business? Now, when I say a tool, it could be a phone, a physical tool, like you know, a phone, notebook, computer, or it could be a piece of software that you can't run the business without. What is the most influential tool in your business?
1: I, you know, I think, the, I think that one of the most influential tools in our business is Tim and I's personality. Mm, it is you know, we're we're on this real estate journey to make our lives better. And we're not just telling you, you know, what you should do. We're living the journey right alongside of our investors. Um, you know, we're not, we're not living in mansions or anything like that. One day, maybe, yeah, who knows? But we are living the journey right next to our investors. And we believe in it so much. We invest in all these deals that we do. Our personality, I think, helps us tell the story of not only ourselves, but why real estate syndication and putting your money to work in syndications is important.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever had someone on this show after doing it for six years, over 300 episodes, say personality. So I think that's that's, that's, that's freaking frick, that's awesome because personality is why people invest in you, right? They mm-hmm. trust you, they like you, they're drawn to you, they're drawn to your story, they're drawn to your personality. And that's what's going to build that ability to say, Yes, I
1: want to invest in your deals. So now, you know, a cell phone, um, <laughs> having a podcast, having a website, all those things really, really help. But it's, um, but everyone has that. And, you know, why are you going to invest with, with certain people is, uh, I think that's what makes a difference. It's, it comes down to your personal brand, right? People invest mm-hmm. in who you are. So I love it. I could talk about
0: that for hours on the show. I have talked about it for hours on this show. And for anyone who's listening, uh, definitely check out the book, uh, key person of influence by Dan Priestley. It talks all about being uh, a brand uh, in and around yourself. So awesome stuff. Question number four is in one sentence, what has been the biggest failure in your career? what did you learn from that failure?
1: The biggest failure is probably not telling enough people what we've done so far. You mm. know, we, I, I've, I've changed careers a couple of times being a basketball coach, being a, being a, a condo developer, You know, I think that, you know, with, with this new venture, the, you know, some, you know, we may come up short from raising, uh, X amount of dollars that we committed to. So there's a failure of, of not telling enough people what we do, but, uh, for the most part, my biggest failures have been, um, in, in kind of past lives, you know, like, um, it, when the, when the condo market, um, when the, when 2008 happened and the condo market went kaput, could we have seen that? No. Um, and I think we did everything we can to kind of, to kind of hold on, but you know, it's, it's, it's really the life lessons of every day. So I couldn't do one big failure. Um, cause there's been so many along the way. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. And I love the pause there. Cause it's, it makes people think about what it is
0: that they've, they've learned along the way. And I think I, I probably really, um, emulate the same issues. When I first started, I remember raising my first $500,000 and going and thinking, this is going to be easy and going out and hearing crickets. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it's oh, really, and it goes back to not me, not investing enough time in the education piece. Right. That's where I doubled mm-hmm. down on the podcast and all that sort of stuff. So getting that message out. So I think it's really important for, for people listening to the show, that last piece, because you, you are a more unknown than you think. And you need with all the social medias out there in the world, you need to have a bigger microphone and tell more people about what you do. So that it owns the top two inches in their brain when they think about real estate. Absolutely. Um, last question,
1: Greg is where can people reach to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. Where do they go? They should go to citysidecap.com and um, check out, more than anything, check out our uh, educational resources, our blog. There's a link to our podcast, The Passive Income Brothers. And that's where we take a deep dive with a lot of guests that we have into their real estate journey and how they got started. And it really centers around taking action. It's for the passive investor. It's for the uh, operator. It's really for anyone, but it's, hey, How do I take action to get involved in real estate?
0: Love it. Love it. Love it, mate. Well, I want to thank you so much for jumping on today's show. I just want to reflect a few of the things that I took away from today's show. I think, thank you first and foremost for being so vulnerable in and around your story. I think that is... It's really what we're we put on this earth to do: share these vulnerabilities with other humans, so other humans can take advice and solace to know that they're not the only ones going through shit. <laughs> you know, and and I, I can swear on this podcast because it's my podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but 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 it's but but I do want to thank you from the from the from the bottom of my heart to to share that with people because we talk a lot about successes and building businesses and all that sort of stuff. But it's understanding where people come from and and, and understanding their motivation to go out and and live the day day to day, be present, be with the kids, understand why you're on this journey for business is a big part of it. This is what we talk about on the show, but having other pillars in your life is so important. Your health, your wellness, your family, if you're into religion, fantastic. If you're into spirituality, fantastic. Whatever it is, you need other pillars, not just the business. So mm-hmm. being well balanced across all of it, I really get that that from you. And, and I just love what you said about your personality. You and your brother are building something around you being genuine to people and helping them get across those first couple of steps. You know, you mentioned earlier that you're not, you don't live in a mansion. You're not focused on the next 10 years. You're focused on the right now, the next three or four steps the next two or three years to help move the business down the road. And I think that's so, so important. But mate, did I leave anything out?
1: No, I don't think so. This has been an absolute pleasure. Just allowing me to tell my story uh, and and the journey of CitySide Capital We're going to be around for a long time and, you know, hopefully we'll have a round two somewhere along the line, but this has been absolutely fantastic. Awesome,
0: brother. Well, look, again, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Enjoy your rest of your week and we'll catch up very, very soon. Well, there you have it. another cracking episode jam pack with some incredible advice from Greg. If you do want to go and check out where he is at, go to citysidecap.com. Click on, the, click on the link. Go to what he's doing over there with him and his brother and his podcast. Definitely give it a rate and review on iTunes. I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of the day to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. And you know what I'll tell you at the end of every episode. If you like this show, the easiest way to give back is to jump onto iTunes, give the show a five-star review. All the the notes and the links from today's show will be up on my website at reedgoossens.com and we're going to do it all again next week. So remember, be bold, be brave and go give life a crack.